Hey writers, welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. And today we are talking with creative coach Gal Riardi about creative burnout. And this is a topic I am so excited. I've talked to Gary about this a couple of times on Instagram lives and um, just personally, because it's a topic that um, we're both very, very passionate about. And I'm just so excited to um, to talk to you all to just have this discussion with Rachel and just it's going to be great. So welcome, Gary. It's so we're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Of course. Um, would you mind introducing yourself to folks? Just kind of introduce who you are and what you do and uh, where sure. in the world you are because you have a fantastic accent. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Um, yeah, so I'm in Melbourne, Australia, um, and I'm a writer and multi-passionate creative. Um, the multi-passionate creative part is new. Um, and I'm also Ooh. a naturopath and creative wellbeing coach, which I know is a lot of things. Um, but basically my focus is on helping creatives of all kinds who aren't creating as much as they want to because of fatigue. Mm. And I help them build up the energy to return to or focus more on their art. Um, and mm. in my work, as we, I know we've discussed before, I really focus on the body, especially the nervous system and how we can engage it as a creative partner and how connecting with and caring for your nervous system and your body can help you establish like a really fulfilling, sustainable creative practice. So that's me in a nutshell. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited for this. It's such a <laughs> Me too. Work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, we talked on a couple of, I, I, you said it's important work and I just want to call out before we jump in how important it is because we yeah. were talking on an episode we it's not going to be out, but we recorded it already about how coming out of burnout like can save your life. It completely mm-hmm. impacts the way you do creative work. Like it's, it is your body taking care of it and that allows yeah. you to be creative. Yeah. It's important work. People often pressure off of like, I don't, I'm fine. I'll just go to sleep early tonight. And you're like, it's not quite like that. Yeah. And I've noticed that. Like that. beautiful writers especially we're very cerebral right and we just like float around as though we're just a brain when actually Mm. like the brain is literally housed in your physical body and taking care of the body takes care of the brain which takes care of you as a writer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and like the brain I feel like we put this pressure on our brain to not get like the brain can't isn't a thing that can get tired Right. Yeah. It's not like it doesn't feel like your body. This happened to be yesterday because <laughs> I started <laughs> I started working really early because I was just like woke up and I was motivated. So I started working at like seven. And then at three o'clock, I was like, I have like so many more hours. <laughs> I was like, well, my brain <laughs> is just not it's not going to happen. And my husband was like, you've worked a full day. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> um, but it's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, I've done all this work on burnout and, and like. I recognized it, but it still catches like it, that narrative of your brain is not a thing that you get tired. You should be able to push it to like the ends mm-hmm. of the earth. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a lesson that many of us have to just learn over and over again, because we're taught yeah. that, you know, your brain should just always function and it should always function perfectly. Yeah. Um, and it's somehow it's like a, a moral failing if it can't. Yeah. It's a machine. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just not a machine. It's part of nature. <laughs> like. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. 
I love that. Yeah. Can you can you break down for us? Because I like how you described what you do as like helping tired and fatigued creatives. What is the difference? And I think we can kind of define yeah. burnout through for, through this. But like, what is the difference between fatigue and mm -hmm. like just being tired and like actual burnout? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. So the first thing is degree of severity. So tired is kind of just like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I've done a bit too much today. I'll have a sleep and I'll feel better. Or you know, I'll have the weekend <laughs> off. Exactly. Yeah. I'll have the weekend off. I'll feel better. Fatigue is deeper. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, now I'm really exhausted and it's taking me a while to get back to, you know, full capacity. Um, and that can take, you know, a varying amount of time depending on who you are. Burnout hangs around for weeks, if not months mm -hmm. or years. So it's a, it's a level of severity and it's a level of time. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess the best definition or the simplest definition of burnout that I can give is that it's a state of physical, mental and emotional exhaustion. And exhaustion means, mm -hmm. you know, nothing left in the tank versus tired is like, I don't feel so great, but I'll be okay. Yeah. 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 Gosh. And yeah, I guess um, it's important to understand that there is a spectrum within burnout itself as well. So mm. at one end of the spectrum, you can be perfectly functional in pretty much every aspect of your life and then just not have anything left in the tank for your creative work. So that's one mm. end. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you can be suffering from sort of a broader burnout that's affecting your function in several aspects of your life. And then there's everything in between. So yeah. I guess the take-home point here is that you can be burnt out without being, say, unable to get out of bed or unable to function generally. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people think burnt out, well, I'm still functioning, I'm still able to work, I can't be burnt out, but you actually can. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have a, I mentioned this on the podcast, I think once or twice before, but I was, before the call, I was telling about a client that I was working through this with and- mm from almost the moment we jumped on our first coaching call, it was like very clear that she was experiencing burnout and didn't know because she was able to show up in all other aspects of her life except for her creative life. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but I feel like I'm kind of driving us there right now. But yeah. she um, she constantly called it procrastination mm -hmm. of like, mm -hmm. I can't be burnout. I'm just procrastinating. I'm just, I'm just lazy. I'm just tired. And I, I'll just do this thing tomorrow. And mm -hmm. then it's weeks of persistent pushing off. Mm -hmm. How often do you see procrastination as like a symptom of burnout? Yeah. So it's fairly often, um, definitely, but it's not the only reason that people procrastinate. So you can't kind of go, mm -hmm. I'm procrastinating. I must be burnt out. You yeah. could sort of say, I'm procrastinating and I'm exhausted, I might be burnt out. But mm -hmm. there is sort of a const like a constellation of other symptoms or experiences that we can look out for to help like assess the likelihood that a person's burnt out. Um, mm -hmm. And so these include things like procrastination, but also irritability or self-doubt or, you know, extreme self-criticism or cynicism. And the more of these types of experiences or symptoms or thought patterns that you have alongside exhaustion, the more likely it is that you're burnt out. So mm. um, for anyone who's listening, who's like, oh, I, this is ringing bells for me. I don't know if I'm burnt out. I actually have a quiz on my website that yeah. kind of goes through 
all of the different um, symptoms that can be associated with burnout and you can just sort of see how many you tick off and that can be really helpful to figure out is this burnout or is this something else? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, because I feel like that's the hardest. The hardest part of burnout is like realizing you're burnt out. Like I really think Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the hardest piece is because A, it shows up in so many different symptoms, like you just said. And B, it's basically in terms of hustle culture language. This is not, I'm going to say something I don't believe, but right in terms (laughs) of hustle culture would tell us if you admit that you are exhausted to the point of like being burnt out, then you have failed in some way, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's what culture tells us. And so it's this, it's this thing of like, well, I have all these symptoms, but I can blame them on all these other things. That was my experience. I was like, well, I'm tired because of, you know, this thing I'm irritable because of this thing I'm Mm -hmm. you know procrastinating because of this Mm -hmm. other reason. And like blaming all the individual symptoms for all kinds of other things Mm-hmm. it's that and then the mask of well if I if I actually look at this <laughs> and admit that all of these are tied to like the the deeper problem of me being burnt out then I'm admitting that I have like failed the capitalistic machine in some way mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, it's mm-hmm. really it's really hard to like personally see it but also like when I work with you know clients and stuff sometimes clients are really resistant to acknowledging and, and friends, right? We can see our friends and be mm-hmm. like, you are so clearly burnt out and they will reject that idea. And it's like, mm-hmm. until they're willing to look at it and accept it and acknowledge it, it's like so hard to, to move forward and heal from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Should we talk about what's at the core of burnout? Because that might help people no. sort of understand. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So the crazy thing um, about burnout is that every single case is caused by one thing and one thing only. So each person, like you sort of touched on, Emily, each person has a unique set of circumstances, like life circumstances that contribute to burnout. Um, But these things, they don't really cause burnout except insofar as they cause the one thing that is at the centre of burnout, and that thing is chronic stress. Mm. So chronic stress puts pressure on your nervous system. Um, So anyone who's listening who doesn't really understand what the nervous system is, Um, It's just a system within your body that's made up of your brain, your spinal cord, and all of the nerves that run throughout the whole of your body. And stress puts your nervous system into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And the thing to understand about that is it's a very energy-hungry process. So if you're chronically stressed, your nervous system is constantly or repeatedly pouring your energy into that stress response. Um, And a key thing here, and this connects up to hustle culture, is that your body and nervous system, they require time to rest and recover that energy that's used up by the stress response in order Mm. for you to be able to continue doing what you want to do in life, which includes creating. But we've all been kind of steeped in hustle culture. um, And hustle culture says that we can only take the time to rest once we earn it. Right. And the way that we earn it is by grinding and by producing. And Mm. the unfortunate thing is that the goalposts keep moving. So Mm. you never really do enough to earn rest. And hustle culture also says that our productivity determines our worth. Mm -hmm. So if we're not productive, then we're like less than. 
Um, and I just, I always think about that phrase, productive member of society, which yeah. is such a gross phrase, but it just really like tells you about hustle culture and what we believe is, you know, a worthwhile member of society. So in a society where productivity determines worth, like what does that mean about resting? It means that it's yeah. discouraged, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when rest is discouraged so deeply, we don't fully allow ourselves to rest which means yeah. our nervous systems never really get the chance to build up their energy. Mm. And then we hustle and we grind until we can't anymore, you know, until we burnt out, we're burnt out. And a lot of burnt out creatives really struggle, like you said, to um, identify as burnt out because if they're not able to produce and they have to take a break, mm. they feel worthless. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like admitting admitting that you're burnt out means you're admitting that you need to recover. And mm -hmm. that's admitting that there's a certain amount of unknown amount of time in which you're not you're not going to be as productive, right? In quotes, as the world wants you to be and as you might want yourself to be, right? I remember that. Exactly. Being frustrated at how long it took me to recover. <laughs> <laughs> because mm -hmm. it was like, I want to get back to my stories, you know, and like, obviously, you know, there are ways to get around that. But um, it's just, yeah, it is. It's it's acknowledging that you have to take time off from producing. And in the creative space, it's producing something you very mm -hmm. passionately want to produce. Exactly. Off, and you probably have cases. Yeah. And you probably have big goals and dreams for, and it could be something that you've wanted your whole life. And now you're like, I'm doing it. And then suddenly your body's like, no, you're not, you can't right yeah. now. And it's one of the most frustrating experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such an interesting way that you just said, like your body says no, because that as much as you want to fight against being burned out and like push through it, you will reach a point where your body's like done. Mm -hmm. you cannot there's no energy left yeah and like then you're you're just stuck you're in that place of exhaustion you're in that place of why can't I do anything right now like why do I feel yeah. so unmotivated or why do I feel so like with mm -hmm. everything creative because your body just hits that wall 100% and society will tell you to keep pushing yeah. push through, yeah. you know, pain is gain, all of those sorts mm -hmm. of messages. But that's pretty much the worst thing that you can do. If you're burnt yeah. out, the worst thing is to just keep hammering yourself because eventually your body will be like, I have to send stronger signals to shut this down. And so this, the symptoms will become stronger. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, from personal experience, there was one year that I burnt out and I spent nearly nine months only able to really watch television and work a couple of days a week. That was a whole year when I could have yeah. been creating if I had not burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like we hear, I, I like feel like I'm just in my head is that phrase, like you'll rest when you're dead. You're yes. like, oh, well, oh, you keep goodness. pushing my, against this burnout. My dad says like, that all the time. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'll yeah. sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. Like, oh, man, it's going to catch up. Uh-huh. It does. A hundred percent. And in the meantime, you just get less and less functional and you're less and less able to do the things that you love. So yeah. 
Yeah. yeah that yeah. attitude is not my favorite. <laughs> no, I, I mean, we were on a, I, um, in our community, Tenacious Writing, we do periodically like live coaching calls where Emily or I will host a call and our members can come and ask us questions. And last night on the call, it seemed like every single person was just hitting a wall of, mm. I can't finish my scene. I don't know what's going on. And one person in particular, we were diving into it and she she said, I think I need to set some sort of a timeline to like motivate myself there. And I was like, why do you think that would help? Like, why, why would you want to do that? And she was like, no, I don't really think it would help. But I've heard this writing advice that you have to treat writing like your job. Mm. And, <laughs> and I just was like, oh, my heart felt like it was breaking because that's like the ki- like creative killer. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just treat you like I think that you can treat your writing as fun, as hobby, as love, as whatever it is that you want it to be. But as soon as you start thinking about it as like you have to produce X amount of things in X amount of time, like you would a job, it yeah. just kills everything well, about it's your not creativity. Even a job, it's mm-hmm. like a factory. Because I feel like yes, that's really what they're saying is if yes. you treat uh-huh. if you treat writing like it's a factory, then you know because like factory and job are so linked in our in our brains mm-hmm. as you know work and job and like all of those words fit into this like yeah this linear like yeah factory line type of of yeah productivity um, it's so true and it's just another kind of branch um of hustle culture and yeah. The funniest thing about it is we think that we need to treat ourselves like factories to be able to produce consistently, but actually hustle culture is the enemy of consistency. Yeah. Like it is very hard to create consistently if you feel like you have to show up to your art, you know, say every day and do the absolute most. And like, you know, you maybe haven't done enough if you don't leave a writing session like broken or exhausted. And if set expectations that are too high and so many creatives do this because hustle culture tells you to right like Mm -hmm. hustle creativity culture is like you have to grind you have to produce um you can only really show up for a very small amount of time relatively you know maybe a couple of days to weeks before your nervous system and your body start to pull you away yeah um and you know your nervous system it's one job is to keep you safe and if you make your creative practice feel draining, exhausting, like you're leaving your sessions broken, your nervous system is going to start to say creating's not safe, so I need mm. to pull her away or pull him away from creating, and you'll start to procrastinate. Yeah. Um, That's so yeah. good. I have a client, and, like, listening to you say that, this is entirely what happened to her, is she'd been trying to produce in that factory mindset, she, when she came to me, she hadn't been writing for probably nine months. She hadn't written a word um, because mm-hmm. nine months ago, she'd done a word count challenge that just like yeah. broke her. And, um, and we had a lot of conversations about you have how she had to rebuild trust with herself that mm-hmm. sitting down to write could be enjoyable, could be safe, right. That it didn't have to be this like, you know, and so it, part of it was about saying, you know, like, I give you permission to not finish your assignments, right? I give you permission, like mm-hmm. permission giving that, you know, she's learning how to give herself now, but also like setting different, um, 
different boundaries around what her goals were. So instead of having word count goals, right, her goal is to show up and write a paragraph, like minimum three times a week. Mm -hmm. That's her goal. And then she's not allowed to write for more than 90 minutes for the purpose of not overstretching her creativity. And and it's taken, we are probably a couple months into it now. And we were just talking last week about how it's so much fun for her now to sit down mm-hmm. to write because she, she, she has taught herself that it's safe. And I think that that is something that um, we don't talk about enough is that, that safety mm-hmm. piece about teaching ourselves that it's safe um, because and that takes time. It takes like consistently mm-hmm. showing up when it's uncomfortable doing something weird um, until you've proven to yourself and you have like a, a backlog of writing dates that were fun <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to like to prove yeah. to yourself that it's yeah, I love that. That's Absolutely. So That's so great. And I think this is a really common experience for people who um, do word count goal challenges. Um, because the challenge is usually set by somebody else in the community, right? So it might be what they can do or what they think one should be able to do. And so then often we're contorting ourselves to fit this external thing. And they're very motivating, like, don't get me wrong, like you can get quite a lot of words done, but then you can be exhausted afterwards and then you spend several months not creating at all. Whereas if you were to find, you know, what's a good amount of time for me or what's a good goal for me and just try and do that as many times as you can you're probably going to write more overall yeah yeah this there was a time um when doing nano what to call out a writing challenge nano Mm -hmm. um for anyone who doesn't know not national novel writing month is november the the word count goal is to write fifty thousand words within the month of november which is roughly about 1667 words a day and i would love the momentum that it gave me but I would pretty much only write during the month of November because the rest of the year I would just be like, oh my God, like so tired. But (laughs) then I had a baby and I went through like, oh my God, my body told me you cannot do this anymore and had my period of straight burnout, not being able to Mm. do anything, all these circumstances piling on and making me so exhausted and tired and healed from that, healing from that. And I did nano this last year and it was completely different, but my Mm. mindset was completely different. My, I did not go into it feeling like my worth was attached to producing those words. Mm -hmm. And that I, it was, I also did not believe it was possible for me to fail. What I mean by that was like any words I wrote were great. So if I hit 50,000, awesome. If I hit 20,000, whatever, if I did one day, okay, cool. Um, it was a much different mental experience and I did not feel the same level of exhaustion that I felt mm-hmm. every other time I had done it before. It felt mm-hmm. sustainable. It, but my point is that that was a goal I set for me. That was not a goal that I was trying to reach to have a measurement of like external validation to compare myself to the other writers that were doing the challenge at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I had done all this work to already unshame my productivity attachment. Um, yeah. and it, was, it was different. I was amazed. I was very nervous going into it that it, I was going to like work myself back into a hole. But I think I, I had told Emily back then, like, I need to see what is the limit or not the limit, but what is comfortable for me. Mm, and yes. if it's too much, then I will stop. Yeah. And that's so important. That's so key. Like, I think sometimes things like nano can give you 
an experience of failure, you know, over and over and over again. So you feel yeah. like if I don't hit the, you know, 1,667 <laughs> words a day or whatever it yeah. is, um, then I have failed in some way, you know, I'm not a real writer or I don't really want this or, you know, we start thinking other people can do this, why can't I? When if you take that failure piece away and you're like, well, let me just do this as an experiment and maybe, you know, I don't have to reach the 50,000 words. Maybe I'll just see, like, where do I get to? And any words, you know, is a success. Yeah. And that yeah. just gives you a completely different experience. It's completely different in your nervous system. One is, you know, um, a threat, really. <laughs> it's it's yeah. kind of like yeah. unsafe. And then one is very safe. It's like we're just going to see what happens and everything that happens is yeah. okay. Can we, yeah. can we dig into that a little bit deeper? Like the connection between mindset and like harmful narratives in our brains and like how that contributes to burnout. Cause I think that can seem like crazy. Like, Oh, my thoughts are making my body tired, but it's not like there's science <laughs> behind not. that. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. If you just think about how the brain controls literally everything, right? So something <laughs> happens in your brain and your foot tingles. Or something happens in your brain and there's like this weird chemical reaction going on in your liver. Like anything that goes on in your brain has a flow-on effect to your body. But we somehow think of thoughts as separate to that. Thoughts can trigger off a cascade that sets off a stress response in your body and that uses up energy. Now, um, I don't want to create any, you know, fear around thoughts for anybody. I don't want anybody to be sitting there and going, oh, God, I have to think positive all the time because that's its own form of stress. But yeah, having like a mindset um, that's very critical or, you know, your inner critic is really loud or um, you count things as failures when maybe they aren't really failures in the grand scheme of things, that can have an effect on your nervous system in that it activates it um, and that uses up your energy and you need rest and recovery yeah. from that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big piece of my burnout was the the narratives, the lazy, you're lazy, you know, you can't, you shouldn't be tired, you have no excuses, like all of those voices mm -hmm. were, were making me more exhausted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. I think that's really common. Yeah. And that's part of the long-term recovery from burnout because um, you can you can focus on the body and the nervous system and you should, but if yeah you don't do any work on mindset or unlearning any of the patterns that you've inherited from society or your parents or that kind of thing, you can be in a situation where you burn out repeatedly. Mm. So both pieces are important. You know, you have to look at mindset, although that can take quite a bit of time to, you know, unlearn because there's lots of things that we've picked up from places that our whole you know, lives we were children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think the two approaches work really well together. So looking after your body and your nervous system and starting to do some of that mindset work. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm reminded of, of something that we say a lot, and I'm I'm sure you say it too, Gary, of like rest with shame is not rest. Like you uh -huh. can't rest if you're feeling shame about resting. It is not rest. A hundred percent. If your mindset is telling you that taking a break is bad or trying to shame yourself because you need to rest and then you go and try to rest in that same mindset, you're not doing yourself any favors. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I want to acknowledge that we're not taught to rest without guilt. Yeah. So yeah. if there's anyone listening who's like, yeah. I don't know how to do that, 
that's fine. You know, <laughs> most of us didn't know how to do it until we saw rest modeled for us or we, yeah. you know, read books or encountered ideas that showed us that, well, actually rest is important. Rest is our right as people. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was partially, I did a lot of learning. Like I engaged with your resources, with Amy McNeese resources, with um, mm-hmm. Devin Price's book, um, The Laziness Lie. That book like broke up my whole like worldview <laughs> just shattered yeah, it. me too because I think you do yeah. you need like it's okay to seek external permission right to, to seek mm-hmm. the, those voices that are continually saying I mean we, we do this all the time there's a reason we have multiple episodes already <laughs> right is that we need to hear constantly that it's okay to take um rest and so I think for me part of climbing out of um burnout was was seeking those resources and then also practicing practicing rest even when I felt guilty or felt ashamed or you know or it felt awful because resting can feel really terrible if you're not used to doing it and just and like Mm -hmm. I was saying earlier like continuing to show up to rest when it feels awful because eventually like you'll learn to trust that you can you can rest and the world won't fall apart you can rest and like no one's going to shame you. Like you can rest and it it (laughs) might feel good sometimes. It just takes time, time and practice. Yeah, absolutely. Time, practice and exposure to different ideas and different people embodying those ideas. Um, It's a skill. Rest is a skill and we're not taught it. Some of us are, but you know, many of us aren't. And it's okay for it to feel weird or wrong at the beginning because it won't always feel weird or wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. Can we, I want to touch on sort of just splitting up for people and obviously there's crossover, but like, can we talk a little bit about the difference between like general life burnout and creative Mm -hmm. burnout? Like what is, because I think you can be burnt out in both. Oftentimes if you're burnt out in your life, then you're going to be creatively burnt out, but you can also just be creatively burnt out. So can we kind of pick pick that apart for people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So creative burnout is a funny thing because it's a subset of general burnout. Um, But you can, like you said, have it in isolation. And here it's really about what is a particular person experiencing. So is it that they've just got nothing left in the tank for their creativity because they're using it up everywhere else, but actually everywhere else is fine. (laughs) It's just the creative piece is just getting left behind. Or are they just across the board exhausted and experiencing that general life burnout that you mentioned and their creative work as a part of their general life is also falling by the wayside. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of like an academic distinction rather than like anything that we could say, oh, well, creative burnout looks like this in the brain or the body and general burnout looks like this. It's all filtered through the nervous system and it's all a um, sort of a subset of chronic stress. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your yeah. question. <laughs> no, it does. It does. I think so last fall I I did a push to finish my draft and mm-hmm. I was not like this was a time in which I was not burnt out in the rest of my life. Like I had really done a lot of work to um to to rest and heal and recuperate from the burnout that I had a few years ago. And so when I was working on my draft I kind of worked towards an intentional creative burnout because I had a goal Mm -hmm. I wanted to reach and I knew it would be a push. I knew it would be a stretch and I knew that I would need a month or two off. And I ended up, you know, needing and taking and honoring that month or two. 
mm-hmm. several months that I took off afterwards to recuperate from that. And so I think sometimes it's, you know, that creative burnout, you can, it's think of it as like your creative well, right? You can pull all of it from it and like push to a deadline, but you have to know that what that what's going to happen afterwards. And you have to plan for that and not shame that because like you're going to have to refill it and that's going to take time. And oftentimes it takes more time than you thought it was going to take. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is a question I get from a lot of people. It's like, what happens if I have a deadline and I just have to yeah. work beyond my capacity? And it's like, well, that's fine. Like sometimes we have external deadlines that we have to work towards and the consequences of not meeting them are too big or, you know, something we're not willing to shoulder. So that's fine. But again, like you said, it's in the planning. It's like acknowledging that this is going to take it out of me and I'm going to have to build in a sustained period of rest. And I have to honor that because otherwise I could carry that burnout for longer than I need to. It's okay to burn yourself out consciously as long as you are thinking through it ahead of time and planning for that rest and recovery and really taking care of your body during that time as well. Yeah. Would you say that in in order to choose that or to feel like really co- comfortable with that choice, that mm. this person ideally would know how to rest, would know what would revive them or what would help them through recovery? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And also um, I would say that they would be someone who would be willing to at least rest a little bit each day so that they're mm. not emptying the well before they finish what they need to finish. So it is a bit of an advanced move, yes. I was just going to say, this is I this is it. intermediate. I'm a beginner. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's, so let's go back to the beginners who are, you know, mm. listening to this and like, I would love to be there. You know, how do I get there? How do I, how am I, how do I get that in control, right, of my own yeah. energy? Where do they start? <laughs> yeah, Like, where yeah, do you absolutely. start in, in learning how to find that balance? Yeah. So the first thing... We kind of touched on it just a little bit, but there's two main approaches to recovering from burnout. And I recommend that they're taken at the same time. But for people who are actively burnt out right now, I would look at the second approach a little bit, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So (laughs) the first approach is to look at your unique set of contributing factors. So everything that's going on in your life right now, and even any internal factors that are contributing to your burnout. So that mindset stuff that we talked about, things like perfectionism, you know, an inner critic that's off the rails um, Mm -hmm. and see if there's anything that can be modified or changed. So if you've got external responsibilities, if there's anything you can delegate or drop, I would start there. Um, But if there's, you know, things that you can't really get around or or, um, work through in a short period of time, um, that's okay. And that's why the second approach is important. And this is why my work focuses on it, um, that and it's a pretty neglected approach, which is to focus on caring for your nervous system and your body in a holistic way so that you learn to create moments of rest and recovery regularly that your body can use to recoup the energy that it's kind of used up during the stress response. Um, And the particular approach that I've created to facilitate this is called 
the four pillars of nervous system care. And this is just a way of conceptualizing what a really strong foundation for nervous system care might look like. Um, and the four pillars are rest, presence, nourishment, and movement. Um, and I go into these in a great amount of detail and also practical detail um, in an on-demand masterclass that I have called Recreation. Um, and yeah, we deal with rest first because that's usually the most important part for people because without the rest piece, you know, the other pieces don't have a chance to work as well as they could. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Do you still have the four pillars guide on your website or is recreation the best place to find? I would find probably it? start to, for beginners, I would probably start um, if you're, yeah, if you're wondering whether you're burnt out, start with the quiz that I mentioned earlier. Quiz. If you're okay. thinking, yeah, I reckon I'm burnt out, then I have um, a, free ebook on my website which is called a creative's guide to burnout so i'd probably go there next um that's going to tell you everything you need to know about the nervous system and chronic stress and how burnout works in the body and it also introduces you to the four pillars in a bit of detail um, if you like you know the sound of that and you want to take that approach then i would go to recreation which will go into great depth um on the four pillars and, and I, can I also have yeah I can yeah, personally sorry, speak to the ebook and recreation. They are yeah. phenomenal. So if this is something that's of, awesome. at all of interest to you, we're going to put those. I'm asking because I want to want people to know, and we're going to put the <laughs> links in the notes for the episode. Um, Beautiful. Because, yeah, they're really, really powerful. Even if you're like, mm, I don't know if I'm burnt out or if it's something else, like go check out these resources. Um, yeah. And I want people to know that them. I've made the resources with people with low energy in mind, right? So the guide yeah. is going to take you literally half an hour to read or there's an audiobook version. You can just close your eyes, lie down, play it. Um, I'm also going to release a free masterclass at the end of May for people who are just like, I literally cannot read. And um, if I <laughs> have to lie down in a dark room, you know, with something like an audiobook on, I'm just going to fall asleep. So that's going to be another option for people who just want to dip their toes in and see like, am I burnt out? And is this something I need to take further? Um, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love this, that. Uh, this work is like so – we've said this so many times, but I just need to reiterate. This is work that you have to prioritize. Mm -hmm. This is not work that you should just say, I'll get to that when I have time because that's the whole problem is that you don't have time. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> you need to do this work. You have to take care of your body and yeah. it catches up to you. A hundred percent. Um, personally, I waited till it caught up to me before I started doing this. I don't want anyone else to have to do that. So I'm like, yeah. just do it now, yeah. <laughs> do it now yeah. while you have yeah. a little bit in the tank. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, you'll have some tools you can use for your entire creative life. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I had a, uh, the, the client that I've been working through this with very specifically, um, she had like a major breakthrough that I wanted to share. We've been, mm -hmm. so movement was one of your four pillars. And that has been something that I've been trying to incorporate more in my life. It's spring now. It's a little bit easier. Um, but this specific writer was, it kind of came down to what should she choose? She mm -hmm. only has so many hours in a day. Does she choose movement or does she choose writing? And mm -hmm. so we had spent some time experimenting, seeing what felt best, at what time of day should she move, at what time of day should she write, what is like optimum routine for her with, mm. you know, always adaptability in there. 
Um, but a week or two ago, um, she had been trying to schedule her life around giving her the most time to write. And mm. just all of a sudden she texted me and she was like, breakthrough moment, mic drop. I have to prioritize my body first because that will open up the avenues to be creative. Mm-hmm. But if I don't take care of my body, then I don't, I won't be able to write. So I can't prioritize writing if I need to take care of my body. And it, it just the way she said it was like such an interesting mental shift. I and I even incorporated it. And I was like, dang, you're coaching <laughs> me right now, girl, because I haven't been wanting to exercise at all. I've just been wanting to write. <laughs> Well, I love that. I mean, you're, she's so right because your body is the vessel that you live your entire life through, right? You can't be creative without your body being in a relatively, you know, mm. decent state. Like you can't do anything that you love without taking care of your body. Yeah. So it makes sense to prioritize that over writing yeah. when you have limited time because prioritizing your body is going to grow the amount of energy that you yeah. have. So then you have more resources to bring to your writing. Writing is amazing and we love it, but it's not <laughs> going to have that same effect on your body, right? It's not going to increase your energy. It's going to tap into that energy and use some of it up. And that's fine, yeah. except when you've got limited energy, that's not probably the best use of your time. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I love about um, the way that you present solutions, Gowrie, is it's very like, mm. it's very personalized because I think And I think that's important because we can oftentimes come at, okay, Emily and Rachel and Gowrie are telling me I need to rest more, right? And then Mm -hmm. like taking that on as another hustle perfectionist project of like Mm -hmm. doing rest in all the right ways and doing movement in all the right ways, right? Movement is one of those where hustle culture shows up so much in all kinds of other culture (laughs) that's rooted in hustle culture um but like there are so many in like eating right nourishment um has all kinds of hustle baggage attached to it Mm -hmm. and so i think part of what can i think it can sound sometimes when we're like oh i have to like prioritize my body and my food like everybody else is saying right that it's going to be like another set of things right that you have Mm -hmm. to do and another set of like expectations that you have to meet and like all these things. And the the way that I, the thing that I love about your resources is it doesn't approach these pillars from that angle. It approaches these pillars from like, what can you do? What works for you? Right. Cause rest is one of the things that I've learned over time is that rest and movement and nourishment and all the things look so different for everybody. Yeah. Like what actually mm-hmm. works for you And um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have time to like eat better and move (laughs) and do all these things. Yeah. Go look at Gallery's resources because it doesn't, you don't have to come at it with that stress energy. The point is to not come at it with that stress energy. A hundred percent. And your body, you know, when you're very burnt out and you haven't really been moving much and you haven't been nourishing your body, any little thing that you do, your body will soak up because it'll be so happy to have it. So it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't move and tomorrow I'm going to go on a run. It can be tomorrow I'm going to walk down to the mailbox and walk back. You know, it. going from nothing to something is just like the best thing for your body. So it does not have to be hustle at all. You don't have to do any particular kind of movement or eat any particular foods. There's nothing prescriptive. It's about Um, having ideas of what you could do and having the tools to understand what works for me and 
getting on with whatever it is that works for you. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Is there any other wisdom you would like to drop for us at the (laughs) end of this episode? This has been so amazing. Yeah, I just want to reassure anyone who's listening, who's thinking, oh my God, I'm burnt out and I'm going to have to do all this stuff, (laughs) that it is going to be okay. (laughs) It's possible to get out of burnout. It's possible to stay out of burnout. You only have to learn the tools once and then you just have them in your back pocket forever. And all of the things that we recommend for nervous system care, look after your body more holistically. So it's not like you'll just do this and it'll only benefit your nervous system. It's going to benefit your whole body and it's going to just lead to better health overall. And it's just such a good investment of time and energy because it builds, it builds you more energy, which means you can kind of have more time because there's less time that where you're just sort of staring at the wall or just, you know, scrolling through your phone because you're so exhausted. So I just want to offer reassurance. And if I can help in any way, you know, please find me online. Yeah. And even, I just want to encourage folks, even if you're not, if you don't identify as burnt out, um, maybe you identify, we were talking earlier with fatigued, tired, you know, if you're, but if you're struggling at all, or you just are excited to learn better ways to manage your creative energy, this work is still worth it. You don't have to be like, can't get out of bed burnt out to get Mm -hmm. so much value from this, this stuff and galleries resources. Um, it's, it's life-changing. It's literally magical. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyone who's just tired or just feeling a bit blah is also welcome. The tools will work for you yeah. as well. And um, getting to, you know, um, focus on your tiredness early on before it becomes exhaustion, before it becomes burnout is the best time because yeah. then you will prevent yourself from going down the burnout path, hopefully. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, Gary, can you let us know where folks can find you? We'll link those three resources, but where else, where else do you exist in the yeah. internet space? So I'm, <laughs> I'm primarily on Instagram. In so you can, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, it's Gary.yardy. I hope you guys will put that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Perfect. I'm also newly on TikTok, but I'm a millennial, so I don't really get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that in my bones. <laughs> Um, And I also have my website, which is where you can find all of the resources um, that we've spoken about today. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much. Yes. Um, Thank you so much. This wonderful conversation. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, if you want to build a successful, fulfilling and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.